Hey, Josh Felber here, excited for today's show. If you own a business or maybe even thought about buying a business, today's guest acquired over 48 businesses in less than three years. He's got the tips, the strategies, every different opportunity and way that you can acquire other businesses as bolt-on businesses to what you're currently doing, as separate businesses that you may want to acquire, as well as then how to exit those. So he's going to give you all those strategies and all those tips on today's episode of Making Bank. You got to check out Jonathan J. Hey guys, I hope you're loving the Making Bank episodes. Please make sure you guys like and share these episodes as well as comment below for the guests. They love to come back and interact with you. And I really appreciate you watching and listening to Making Bank. So thank you. You are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. Welcome to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Super excited for today's guest. Jonathan Jay has been an entrepreneur since dropping out of the university at the age of 19. Now, 50 years old, he has built businesses in publishing, digital marketing, adult education, coaching, preschool education, and has sold each of those. During the pandemic, he made 48 business acquisitions to create the fourth largest group in his sector in under three years. He now helps other people buy businesses, helps them avoid the expensive mistakes, as he says it, he has made all of them. So I'm excited to welcome Jonathan Jay to Making Bank today. Yeah. Hi, Josh. Thank you for the invitation. Awesome. Well, excited to have you on the show. I know you said you're calling in from across the pond there. So it's evening time and uh, let's dive into some amazing content. Obviously, you said you uh, started as an entrepreneur when you were young and yes. uh, kind of fill, this, fill us in about a little bit yeah, how sure. you got started. Yeah, well, I've, I've never actually had a job. I've, I've never worked for anyone else in, in, in my life. Uh, I've always had my, my own business. I've always done my own thing. Uh, and I've, I've ridden that roller coaster for over 30 years now. Uh, winning, not winning, uh, but always coming, uh, coming over ahead, you know, coming out ahead of, uh, of, of the game. So, um, uh, so yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's had its challenges. Uh, as you said in the intro there, I bought 48 businesses during the pandemic, which uh, people often ask me for my advice about buying 48 businesses during a pandemic. And I say, don't buy 48 <laughs> businesses during a pandemic. Right. Uh, it actually, yeah, it was a very, very stressful uh, situation. I ended up in hospital uh, as, a, as a result. So um, uh, I've got it right. I've oh. got it wrong. And I'm really happy to, to share those experiences with, with everyone. Well, um, what was that, uh, I guess, what kicked off your entrepreneur journey? What kind of business? Like, how did you fall into that? Or how did you just like, hey, I'm not going to go work anywhere. I'm starting my own company. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I got it from my parents. My, my parents owned a, uh, a dance school. So uh, they, they didn't have jobs working for other people either. So I probably picked it up from then. But I, I spent several years not really knowing what to do. I, I tried different things, not with any success whatsoever. Uh, and I had a, a, a publishing business in the, uh, the mid to late 90s. And I published magazines on corporate hospitality, personal development, that, that sort of thing. 
and it was a business that made a little bit of money one month, made okay. a bit of loss. It was it was not a great it was not a great business. And then someone approached me and wanted to to buy it, and it was like, yeah, you can have it. <laughs> I don't I don't want I don't want this business anymore. And I was paid <laughs> more for that business the day it was purchased from me than I had made in the previous two and a half years combined. So for two and a half years, I'd been working seven days a week, thinking about it all the time, stressing about it all the time. And then one Friday afternoon, I made more money than I'd ever earned in those two and a half years altogether. So a big uh, a big lesson was learned. It, had, it opened my eyes to what is possible. And I realized that the real wealth is in selling businesses and the fastest way to have a business to sell is to buy someone else's, improve it in some way, and then sell it to someone else. Uh, yeah, no, that's amazing. I mean, so obviously, you know, you learn from that buying, you know, ac business acquisition is better than starting from scratch. Kind of why is that, you know, why do you think that? Oh. And, you know, uh, how has that helped you? Yeah, so, so, so we always know, don't we, that when you start a business, you, you might spend the first couple of years putting money in, probably not taking money out. You know, you work seven days a week. You, that's all you think about is the, is the business. You lose touch with your family and friends because it's business, business, business. And you can be doing that for two or three years at the start. And the majority of businesses don't succeed past the first five years. So there's a, a high risk of failure. Now, mm, my way right. of doing things is to look for a business that's been running for at least five years, that makes solid, reliable profits every single month, works even when the owner has been removed, so it doesn't depend upon one person. We buy that business without risking any of our own cash. And then once we've got that business, that business will continue to make solid reliable profits month after month but now those profits are yours so if you've got two choices years of risk or you do it with certainty i think most people would prefer the certain way of being in business rather than the high risk way of being in business and so when you look to acquire a business i mean what risks because obviously there's risks when you're buying it as just sure. as there's risks when you're starting it um, what are what are the different risks that you've come across? Yeah, sure. So 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 doing anything new always has risks because you don't know what you're doing. So I always say to people, get educated. You know, if you're if you're going to buy a business, learn everything you can about buying a business because there's always going to be a right way and a wrong way of doing it. So the wrong way of doing it is where you go to the bank and say, I want to buy a business. How much money will you lend me? The bank says we'll lend you this amount of money, but we need. Uh, security from your uh, your house, your property. So you you borrow the money, but you've given you've given your house to the bank effectively right. to secure that that money. And then you give all the money to the owner of the business. The owner of the business hands you the keys, and now it's your problem. And, and that's the wrong way of doing it. Highly stressful, high risk. You could lose your house. I mean, that's how bad it could. That's how bad it could be. Alternatively, we do it a different way. We find a business that's solid and profitable that has a motivated owner. So um, an owner who's motivated to sell. Someone who, for personal reasons, no longer wants to own this business. And the biggest personal reason is actually age. It's retirement. People get into their early 60s. You know, everyone's oh. suffered in some way because of the pandemic. We're now in a recession. So you know, if you're in your early 60s and you were planning to retire at 65... 
Do you really want the last few years of your retirement to be in a recession? Probably not. So people are accelerating those retirement plans, which means right. there's lots more businesses coming onto the market. And then you combine age with uh, ill health, stress. Yeah, we, everyone who isn't in business thinks that entrepreneurs walk around loving their business all day long. Now, maybe at the start, but after 20 years, many business owners absolutely hate their business. And if someone comes along and says, you know what, I'll buy it from you, they'll practically hand it to you. Now, you might sometimes get the business for free, not often to be fair, but you might. The chances are you'll pay a fair amount of money for the business. So now we need to finance the acquisition. And we can finance it in different ways, depending on when the business has assets or whether the business has cash at bank. But one of the most reliable ways of financing an acquisition is to convince the owner that the very best deal is the deal that you are offering them, that you're sitting in front of them offering them a deal. And that deal involves paying for the business over a period of time. So where do you find the money to pay for the business over a period of time? Well, you find it from the business that you're buying. So the business self-finances its acquisition. So if you can buy a business where the acquisition self-finances, the next question is, well, how many businesses can you buy? And the answer is, well, as many as you can find that are solid and profitable with motivated sellers that make sense to you that you can buy without investing your own money. And I have clients building multi-million dollar empires using this technique. Yeah, so that's a great technique. For example, I was looking at a business to acquire. The owners were the owners were motivated to sell. They wanted to retire. The whole thing you were just talking about, and you know, they kind of gave me their number, and I said, okay, cool. You know, based on the business and where you guys are, it's probably on the higher side your number, but which it was, but we're willing to pay. You know, if we can break it out into you know payments for them over, I think it was like thirty six months or something okay. like that. And then, you know, they were basically, they came back and said, oh, well, it's just better for us to keep the business because now we can still make that same amount of money and then, and, you know, or more during that time. So is there a premium that you pay above that to say, hey, you know, I want to buy it, but hey, thanks for financing it for me. So I'm going to give you a little more or what is... You, Maybe I missed something when I was working yeah, on that I mean, acquisition. You, you, you could certainly do that. You could pay an interest rate more than they would get uh, in the bank. But I think it's also in the way you position it, the way you sell it to the vendor. And uh, the, the way I do it is I find out exactly why they want to sell. So when I understand that they want to retire by Easter and uh, they've got the world cruise booked this summer and they want to spend more time with the grandchildren, then right. the buttons that I'm pushing, because they've told me what they want. So, so let's give them what they want. What they want is freedom. Everyone thinks that a business owner wants money. Well, money might be on the list, but it's hardly ever number one. If, if someone's maybe 25 years old, then it's all, about, it's all about the money. But when someone is 60 years old, it's all about freedom, not having the stress, spending time with the family, being able to travel, all those uh, sorts of things. So what I do is I, I find out exactly why they want to sell. And when someone says, like they said to you, well, I might as well just keep the business and, and earn the same amount of money. I said, well, 
with respect, you've missed the point. You came to me because you want to sell, because you don't want the stress, because you want to spend more time with the children. And now you've just said the exact opposite. You actually said, actually, I do want more stress. I don't want to spend time with my children. I can't go on the cruise and I can't retire. I'm giving you the solution. Now, I realize that you'd prefer someone to rock up with a big check. But if that was going to happen, then it would have happened already. It's very unlikely to happen. And are you prepared to wait another couple of years waiting for that person? I'm sitting here right now. We can shake on a deal right now if this is what you want to do. So I, so I really, I sell them on why this is a good idea. Now, does everyone say yes? Of course not. Sure. So you've probably got to look at about 20 businesses to find 10 decent ones, to find five uh, very motivated sellers, to find one deal. I think when someone starts in business acquisition, they may go to a, a couple of meetings with owners, but they certainly don't go to 20. My most successful clients are the people who speak to the sure. most owners. It's a bit of a numbers game. Right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I mean, obviously it was a business that I had known and, you know, they reached out because we had a good mutual interest in the business and I happened to make a comment one day. And <laughs> so, sure. and that's kind of how it got all started. But yeah, I, I wasn't actively seeking, you know, 20 businesses to see if I could narrow it down to one. What have you found the best secrets or process that you've come up with to finding obviously, you know, a great business to buy. And obviously you said like a motivated seller, but what are some of those other things that we should look for? Yeah, sure. So, so I've got a 21 step process. I call it the complete business buying system because I think what a lot of people do wrong is that they make it up as mm. they go along. It's different every time they do it, where it can all be systemized. Yeah, a little bit like a, a workout routine. So, you know, if you're, if you're working out and it's different every day and you, you, you kind of haven't really got a plan, you don't quite know what the goal is, then you're probably not going to reach the goal at all. Where if you've got a very, very clear plan and you take it step by step, those people are always the most successful. But the, the num number one thing that we're looking for is that motivated seller. Number two is we're looking for a business that's solid and profitable. Number three, we're looking for a business that has scale already. So there is a tendency for people to go and look at buying small businesses, you know, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars, yeah, annual income, and you know, those those businesses are very, very fragile. They're fragile because they probably depend upon the owner. Now, how do I know that they depend upon the owner? Because they don't earn enough money to hire management. So when you get to the million dollar business, the million dollar business has some management. The million dollar business is doing something right. It's got a way of finding clients and customers that the $200,000 business doesn't. I mean, if a, if a business makes, say, 20% net profit and you've got a $200,000 a year business, that's only making $40,000. $40,000 is not a business, it's a job, you know? Right. <laughs> so if you've got a business making $100,000, a million dollars, and making $200,000 profit, that starts to move the needle. That starts to pay off the mortgage, put the, put the kids through school, and do all of, all of these things. So I always say to people, think bigger. Because the tendency is to play it small, play it safe. But I would actually say that when you buy a bigger business, a million dollars plus, you're actually buying a better business. You're buying a business with, with better financial controls, with better marketing, probably, probably a better product because it's reaching 
more people. More people are buying it, you know. So all of these things make a better acquisition. So the mistakes that people often make is that they 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 think it's easier to buy that, you know, 100, $150,000, $200,000 a year business. It isn't. It's easier to buy and sure. finance a larger business. Yeah, if you are getting finance from a bank, for example, they would prefer to lend to you to buy a larger business than a smaller one. Mm. Right. I mean, obviously, too, because it probably has, obviously, it'll have more cash flow and it has a stronger team. And like you said, you're not relying on that one owner or two people in the business. You know, if something happens to you, then you're out and there's no more revenue and no more cash flow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I was consulting with a client the, the other week who was telling me about an accountancy practice that they wanted to buy, a CPA practice. And uh, there were four members of staff. So I said, oh, hang on, this, is, this sounds small. You know, four members of staff. I said, so tell me about these four people. And he said, well, there's the owner. Uh, right, well, they're going to be gone when you buy it. There's the owner's wife. Well, she's going to go as well. And the owner's son. Well, who's left? Well, yeah, there's one person who uh, does the admin in the office. That isn't a business. <laughs> That's a glorified job. Right. So buying a business like that doesn't make any sense. Go for the million dollars, 20 members of staff. Someone's always going to leave when you buy. Always. Yeah, it, it probably is going to be immediately, definitely within a few weeks. They don't like the change. A lot of people don't like things changing. So someone's going to leave. 20 people, someone leaves, no one notices. Four people, someone leaves is the end of the business. Right. So obviously, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about buying a business and different ways to, um, you know, tips to find a business. Um, you mentioned your 21 kind of process, maybe pick out like three or four of those highlights that you say, Hey, these are the most important overall, obviously buying one yeah. at least a million or above, you know, buying one that's cash flowing, things like that. But what are some of those other things that you, along that process? Yeah, sure. So you've got to get really good at what we call the discovery call. The discovery call is that 30-minute phone conversation with the owner where first impressions matter. And they're going to ask you who you are and why you contacted them about buying their business. So you've got to be ready. You've got to be prepared. And I've got 13 questions that I always ask in that discovery call. And by the end of those 30 minutes, I will know whether I'm interested in meeting this person or not. Because, you know, we're all short on time. You can't be driving around the country, driving around the state, looking, you know, looking at businesses you know, every every Saturday. I mean, it's not a very good right. uh, use of your time. Where it's better to speak to the owners on the phone first, find out whether this is something worth worth buying. The next step after that is you want to get them to send you some basic financial information. Now, I've looked at hundreds of of businesses over the years, uh, but I'm not a finance person. I I didn't train in in in. Uh, I'm not a trained CPA. I'm also not a lawyer. I'm just someone who who understands how to how to buy a, a business and also how to sell a business. So I've trained myself to be able to look at the accounts of a business and decide is this something worth pursuing. It's always worth getting from them bank statements tax returns, that sort of thing, because we want to start building up a picture of the finances of the business. Remember, the reason you're buying it is to make money. That's the reason you're buying it. If it doesn't make money, don't buy it. Never, ever buy a business Damn. that's losing money or break even. I don't know whether this is a, a British expression or whether this translates into the States, but you're breaking even is not making a profit. It's not making a loss. 
That is code. That's a code right. word for it's making a loss. There is no such thing as breaking even. It's making a profit or it's making a making a loss. So never ever buy what we call a distressed business, a business that's in trouble. Buy solid, profitable businesses. And then we've got to know all the different financing techniques. I mean, you've got uh, SBA loans in the US, which we don't have here in Europe, uh, which is a fantastic financing right. method. There are other types of finance. We finance the assets. We finance the invoices. And something that a lot of people don't realize is that we can actually use the cash in the bank of the business that we are buying to finance the acquisition. I've had deals where on closing, on the, the, the legal closing where the transfer of ownership takes place, the seller actually sends me money rather than me sending the seller money. Now, it happens only with certain types of businesses. But in some situations, you can actually make money the day you buy the business. You don't have to wait until you've owned it for some time. Uh, and then, of course, right at the very end of my 21-step process is selling the business. And I sold uh, businesses to, uh, to, to business partners. I've sold businesses to private equity. I've sold businesses to other businesses, to competitors. So I've been through this sale process several times now over the last 20-something years. And getting that sale right will mean that, if we get it right, we'll put more money in your pocket than you've ever had in your entire life. And that's when you can really start making a difference in the world. That's when you can really pay off your mortgage, get rid of all of that stress, buy the vacation home, you know, go on the world cruise, do all of those things, and actually really enjoy life because you've got more options. But it all starts with buying the business owning it for three to five years, and then selling it. I got you. So as you're acquiring these businesses, you're also knowing, hey, I have an exit strategy in three to five years, and in, and I need to grow them by this percentage over that time frame to be able to sell it for a higher value at that point. Absolutely, 100%. That's exactly what it is. You do not want to be the 65-year-old motivated seller who hates their business and will basically give it to someone just to get rid of it you do not that's the person you buy from but it's not the person you want to be you want to be the deal maker who sees businesses as an investment rather than a place to go every day because you know all, all of my clients don't work in the businesses that they buy they 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 are very very hands-off the people who get involved on a day-to-day -day basis are the people who get stressed and start to hate it the right. most successful deal makers are the people who have a management team. Yeah, it could be a general manager. It could be one person. It could be six people running the business. And as a result, they don't get involved. I've got one client who's bought four manufacturing businesses, $10 million of annual revenue. Uh, he works on those businesses for 10 hours a week, plays golf twice a week, and spends time with his family. I mean, that surely has to be the dream, doesn't it? That's awesome. Hey guys, I hope you guys are really listening to what Jonathan is talking about today. This can apply to your business, even if you are not actively buying businesses, but how can you start to position yourself? Think three to five years out, you know, hey, I want to be able to sell my business or, and start preparing that now. Or if you're running your business, what other businesses can you acquire to help you increase the value of your current company, as well as start to position that as uh, with more revenue, more in revenue, more assets, you know, expanding your team through business acquisitions. So make sure you guys re rewind, listen to this, watch this again, take those notes and start applying it. 
Um, one thing too, I wanted to find out was you did 48 acquisitions in less than three years. Give us a little insight on how you did that and how that all turned out. Uh, it, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. And, and with the benefit of hindsight, uh, which is always very clear, everything's obvious with hindsight, right? Uh, right. it was, it, it was too many, too quickly, too soon. Uh, the pandemic presented an opportunity and uh, it was an opportunity that felt too good to miss but we probably got a little bit greedy we didn't need to do 48 deals uh, life would have been so much better with just 20 deals for, and 20, 10, yes. 20 still would have been good so uh, so yeah it got a little bit crazy uh, yeah we we grew from 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 nothing to tens of millions of dollars of of, of revenue very fast and i i learned a lot about myself i i realized that I wasn't as money motivated as I thought I was. I, you know, I always thought I was. I'm, I'm not. I spent every week in hotels and I realized I prefer to be at home. I've got a young daughter. She's nearly seven. And, you know, that was way more important to me. And it started to damage my health. You know, I, I, um, I was taking sleeping tablets for two years. You know, I, I was putting on weight. I wasn't eating properly. I was always stressed. Uh, I had stomach pains like you wouldn't believe, and they they got me into hospital for a colonoscopy, which is not the most uh, enjoyable uh, procedure. Right. And they they couldn't actually find anything wrong when they did the colonoscopy, and the the conclusion was it it, it was stress that these intense stomach pains. I mean, I couldn't stand up. You know, it was awful. It was all it was all down to stress, and I I kind of actually hoped that they would find something like an ulcer. And then I could say, ah, it's the ulcer. That's why I'm hurting. But really, it was just all in my mind. It was just the stress that was causing this physical problems with my body. So I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Uh, and I learned a lot about uh, scaling businesses very rapidly. So I've, I've bought a lot of businesses over the year, years where I've, I've grown them to multi-million dollar businesses. But this was a whole new beast. Yeah, it, it required professional management, professional finance department, and you know we we were often playing catch up i mean some weeks we were we were closing on three deals a week and you know we my my business partner would uh, would be talking to me about a certain uh, a certain business and and i i'd be saying to her so do we own this one or do we nearly own this one i i, I wasn't even sure which one she was talking about it was absolutely crazy and i exited that 6 months ago it wasn't the world's greatest exit to be fair i'm, I'm far better at buying businesses than i am than i am at running them but uh yeah it was a great experience and i'm all about the reality of business buying i mean I guess there's always people who would tell you that it's all sunshine and rainbows and unicorns and it's all wonderful. No, it isn't. I mean, it requires effort. It requires hard work. It's worth it. But there are things that can go wrong. So I, I teach people the things that can go wrong, not just the things that can go right. No, that's great. Yeah. And that's that. That's a that's a uh, a good learning lesson for you, for sure. And, you know, but it was uh, it's always great to push the edge and push the limit and, you know, try to do something and. uh and that's what you did. Guys, I hope you guys are really listening to what Jonathan's saying. Make sure you guys, I, uh, he's got to check, he's got a book, Business Buying Strategies. So make sure you guys check that out. I know you probably dive into a lot more detail in there through your tips and everything and strategies and, and, and all. What's one last thing you're like, oh man, I really got to make sure I share this today with the audience. What's one thing you want to end with? Yeah, I, I asked my six-year-old daughter, we were talking about personality. She was talking about personality in school. And I said, okay. I said, what's, what's daddy's personality? And uh, she said, you're confident 
and you never ever give up and i thought where did she get that from i mean that's an yeah that that's what a great thing to say and i think that in business and in life people give up too easily and they give up when success is just around the corner but they can't see it because it's just a, it's just hidden around the corner and they give up before they turn the corner uh, and i think my parting words were if you if you go to start a business or you know, or better still buy a business or sell a business never ever give up always put that little bit of extra effort in because that will separate you from everyone else so so yeah my parting tip josh is never ever give up that's awesome. Uh, Jonathan, I really appreciate you coming on Making Bank today. Super awesome to hear your insights and different strategies and things like that that have been a success for you uh, and be able to share with the audience. So thanks for coming on Making Bank. My absolute pleasure. Thank you, Josh. I am Josh Felbert. You were watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.